Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Friend of a Friend. It's your host, Olivia Perez. This month is Small Business Month, and we're teaming up with Adobe Express to provide small business owners, entrepreneurs, and side hustlers simple and tangible tips and tricks to help take your business to the next level. And there is no one that I trust more to have this conversation with and offer tips and tricks from her journey than Color Me Courtney. She is the founder and creative director of the vibrant fashion, lifestyle, and culture brand Color Me Courtney and pop culture imprint Color Me Magic. If you don't follow Courtney yet, I highly recommend going on Instagram right now and shooting her a follow so you can totally get her vibe during this interview. It's definitely a visual thing. She is such a bright spot on the internet, dedicated to empowering others to dress outside the lines, be confident, keep a positive outlook, and celebrate all the little things that make you unique. And fun fact, she was one of the first influencers that I ever followed on Instagram way back in 2016. I've been a fan of hers for so long. She has created such an incredible community and her content is unbelievable. So there is so much to learn from her. In this episode, she shares her journey of beginning her business, going from being a blogger, media personality, creative director, and designer for the world's leading brands, to taking the leap and starting her own company and offering tips for cultivating an authentic brand. I hope you guys love today's episode. If you haven't followed the show yet, please shoot us a follow wherever you listen to your shows and leave us a review because I love to hear your feedback. And of course, if you don't follow me on Instagram yet, follow me. I'm at Liv Perez with two Vs. I hope you guys have an incredible week and we'll see you next Monday for another new episode. Here's my friend, Color Me Courtney. Hey, Courtney. Welcome to Friend of a Friend. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. And oh my gosh, I wish that all of my followers could <laughs> and listeners could see you right now because you oh. look <laughs> phenomenal, which is very expected. I'm getting over a cold, so I look like I am getting over a cold. <laughs> I'm getting over one too, so I feel like my voice is so raspy me right too. now. I feel like all usually right. I sound like an animated character. So, I mean... Does everyone, you're welcome for getting my sexy raspy voice because it's it's an exclusive opportunity. <laughs> Incredible. This is the podcast episode of the sexy raspy voice. I hope uh-huh. everyone enjoys. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity to have both of us in this frame of being. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> so as I was saying, you look amazing. You have like your rainbow lockers behind you. The oh, red thank lip. you. <laughs> I wish that everyone could see you the way I'm seeing you right now because it is so true to you and I love it. Well, you know, I feel like color is just, especially like when you're getting over being sick or just having a rough day, like 
adding a little bit of color, especially like on like a call or in whatever you do can just help, you know, it doesn't hurt. So might as well help. (laughs) I love that. I say on this podcast often, it's just so true to my, I would say ethos while I'm getting dressed is that color therapy when it comes to fashion is a real thing and you have to lean into it. Like if you're not feeling good, do not put on your sweatpants. Like do not put on black. Like don't reach for those things that are really easy. Every time I've put on something colorful or something like vibrant and fun, my entire mood has yeah. changed and I've felt so much better. Yeah. Well, I, I often say it's like one of the few things that we can control. So I have a lot of what I call nap dresses and they're just like giant maxi dresses, like most of them from like free people where you're just like swimming in like floral colored fabric. And so instead of putting on sweatpants, I'll put that on. It's like more comfortable, truthfully, because I'm just wearing a tent. Living the dream. Absolutely. I love that. So I'm so excited to have you on today for so many reasons. I feel like your creator journey is something I've, I'm so excited to learn from. But also really fun fact, I started my career working for a e-commerce platform and my job for them was to find influencers who I loved. This was back in 2016, maybe. Oh my gosh. You're going to make, you're going to date me. That's what you're going to do right now. It's fine. Go ahead. (laughs) You were one of, you were, I would say you were one of the first creators that I ever found that I was truly obsessed with. I remember pitching you for so many things. And this was like, this was like a long time ago. And I feel like the creator industry has changed so much, but it is amazing to meet you now and also see everything you're doing now and how true you have stayed to your brand. It's so inspiring. And I've been a fan for such a long time. So this is really fun. Wow. Thank you so much. This industry has changed so much and will continue to change. And that's kind of the fun part of it. But it's always really exciting when like you can either reconnect with someone or like when someone knew you in like what feels like the before times almost. (laughs) You know, even just the word of like, are you a creator? Are you an influencer? Are you for a while it was an Instagrammer. Now people are a TikToker. Like all of those names have like changed and evolved and will always continue to. So thank you so much for pitching me back in the day. I appreciate of course. it. I'm curious, what title do you resonate most with? Oh, you know, I feel like there's no good titles. I there's usually not. end with creator, but I think soon we'll get a new title here. But that's usually where I am right now. A lot of times I've I have been referred to as like the creative director of Color Me Courtney. But if yeah. you don't know what Color Me Courtney is, like this is not Prada. So it, it it doesn't hit the same. But if you know, that makes sense. Some of my community just call me Queen of Color, which I'm like, I love that. But of course, love that. outside of my circle, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it was funny when I was writing my questions for you. Usually I'll always say like, OK, you know, what was the road to becoming an influencer? And that just yeah. didn't stick. it didn't I was like you're a creator so I want to hear you know obviously having known and admired you for so long I want to go back to the beginning and hear a little bit about what initially inspired you to become a creator so I kind of grew up in suburbia and I was kind of a weird kid I didn't I don't think I realized it then but I was a competitive dancer so I was like more into like being on stage and the costumes than like the rest of it like it probably wasn't very good but I was just sublimely confident and was like I'm just gonna get out here and perform even if it's not great who cares you know and then kind of even moving on into like high school and stuff I was very involved like 
student council, head cheerleader, like the whole shebang, and would often just come dressed in theme on days. And people would be like, oh, is this a theme day? And I was like, no, I just decided I'm going to dress in 80s theme this week. Like I was just that kid. And so then kind of when I went to college, I, I wasn't a like partier or drinker. I just was like very serious about school. But I had kind of lost touch with a lot of my friends who were doing like the normal things that most people are doing in college. So I went to business school. I hoped to work in fashion, moved to New York. I applied for every fashion job. I got no jobs back. I went on a few interviews, but no one wanted to hire me. So I was like, okay, what am I going to do to kind of like, A, have this creative outlet? Now I was living in New York with no friends. So then I started documenting my outfits, putting them online putting them on Instagram and um, kind of creating a quote unquote brand. I didn't really know what I was doing, but I eventually took my MBA off my resume, put Color Me Courtney, I don't even know if it was called Color Me Courtney at the time, on my resume. And that's what got me kind of my first job working in corporate fashion. So I did that for a bit. And then I say I was living a Hannah Montana life at the time because I was, you know, Courtney by day, Color Me Courtney by like, nights and weekends and early mornings. And then Colony Courtney grew and I couldn't continue to do, I had suddenly had two full-time jobs. So eventually I left this like corporate dream job that was like on the vision board before I even landed it and then started doing Colony Courtney full-time. And now I've been doing it full-time for seven years. I really love these stories. And they resonate with me deeply because I feel like I had a similar experience Yeah, where the things that made us like, quote unquote, different or odd when we were kids. Yeah. Like I used to show up to school in the craziest outfits <laughs> and people, some people would love it and some people would be like, why? why? And those are the things that have made us unique and have made us stand yeah. out in our careers today. I think it's the funniest when it got to the point where people stopped asking why they were just like used to it, you know? Yep. Like for the first few years, they're like, what's going on? And eventually they were just like, it's just, it's just what she does. But I I have so many friends like that now. And we have similar stories, like you said. And I'm like, oh, we all would have been friends in high school, but we were just too busy being weirdos. But I often say, if you could take that thing that makes you weird, makes you stand out, maybe makes you insecure and turn it into your superpower. Like I've been able to do that with my brand and almost everyone I meet who's successful on this level has a similar story. So that thing that you're hiding, I mean, it, it, it could be your like meal ticket someday. So I love hearing this moment of you being in a corporate job, going off and being on your own. I had a similar story too. And I feel like yeah. I get inundated with questions about that really weird gray area of, mm-hmm. okay, I have this side business. I'm at the full-time job. How do I know when it's time to leave? Yeah. I would love to hear from your memory. Like what were some of those like successes that you were seeing where you were like, okay, I have a real viable business here. And also your corporate job was at Coach, right? Yeah, yeah. So I worked at Coach and like, I'm so thankful. And there's actually been like a lot of full circle moments. I had kind of worked mostly in retail jobs at kind of previous brands before working at Coach. And so I started there and I moved around. I did most of my job at in product development there. But I think it, it was a combination of a few things because Toward the end of my time there, I was obsessed with my job. I was obsessed with my boss. I like was so, so happy. And it was really hard. I was in tears when I left. I was really sad. 
And I, I wrestled with it for about six months. And in that six month time, when I was wrestling with it, truthfully, there wasn't anything major happening for me that I felt like, oh, I'm missing out on opportunities. I think a lot of the opportunities came after because then people saw that I was like more serious about it. And then those opportunities came. There were a few. And then there would be times when like a brand who was similar to coach would want to work with me. And I was like, I don't know if I'm allowed to. It was kind of like that gray area. And it was early like influencer age to where I think a year later, two years ago, I would have been a real asset at coach in that position. But it was just too early. Brands didn't really know what to do with us yet. And so I had a lot of friends who like, you know, they got ultimatums at other companies and stuff like that. But for me, I wrestled it with it for six months. And finally, my mom said, you know, if you left coach and you wanted to come back in six months and you failed as Color Me Courtney, would they hire you back? And I was like, yeah, I think they would. I'm pretty confident that I could come back or do this at somewhere else. And she was like, well, then why don't you just try it? Because Color Me Courtney does not exist without you. But coach is fine. You can leave. Coach is not going to sink. Like, you know, the audacity of you, they're going to be fine. And I'm so glad I did. And I, I think really having that six months to wrestle with it, though, while I was there, I was like, let me be smart about it. I'm going to try to not touch my coach salary for these six months. So then I can see, like, if I can really live off Color Me Courtney. Because again, it was early times, like I didn't have a manager, you know, I was just like, brands would approach me and I would take stuff for like very little money or the most amount of money. Like I didn't know I was just making it up as I went. So I was like, let me be more serious about it. Let me start pitching myself. Let me kind of really try to live off of this and and see if I can, because I didn't even know if it was a reality. I know that so many people are like, how do you make money as a creator? And it was that, I was like that for me. I was like, these girls can't be making money. They can't be doing this as their full-time job. And then I was like, well, let me see if I actually can. It's the Wild West. Yeah, exactly. And I think then it also gave me that confidence of having that cushion because I had six months of my salary in savings because I A, proved that I could live off of it during those six months. And then B, if something really went wrong, or, you know, if my website got hacked or something and I lost it all, I was like, oh, at least I have a cushion. And so I try to recommend that when people are choosing to leave. Like, can you plan on six months of trying to live off of your other job or whatever your brand is and then saving that other so that you have that backup? What I really liked that you, what you said was the beginning. You talked about this idea that you kind of have to leave to make room for the new thing. Yeah. Totally. And I think that's so risky. Like, I'm not. I'm definitely not going to be the person to sit here and tell people to leave their jobs on, you know, the risk of just making room for the unknown. But I do think it was, I do think it's kind of crucial because you can't make room for all of this new influx of work if people still see you as Courtney, a coach. But if you're fully committing to Color Me Courtney, they can say, okay, like this is her, this is what she's doing. Let's see how we can collaborate. Exactly. that in-between time is really sticky and challenging. And I think People think that that's the way to make it work. It's like, oh, I'm going to do both for a while. But I yeah. think it's when you take the risk of diving head in that it usually. Yeah. A lot of people told me they were like, once you leave, the opportunities will come. But I don't think they just dropped the opportunities just dropped on our lap. I was vocal. I was like, yeah. I left. This is what I'm doing now. Because a huge part of my brand before was I would speak to what I called the five to niners. These people who lived this double life. 
And so now I had to kind of say, like, I'm not going to be able to speak to you anymore because I'm in a different era of of my own life. So I kind of had to be upfront about like, yeah, I'm leaving that and I'm doing something else. This is what's happening now. Something I really admire about you is you have such a clear sense of brand. And I think that that's something that I feel like I hear a lot of today. Like, oh, she has a really clear point of view or oh, I don't really know what her point of view is. I feel like that is a really important indicator of a lot of creators today of their strength on the internet. And I would love to hear a little bit about that process for you, whether there were tools that you used or a process that you went through to kind of clearly define who you are to yourself and to your audience. So I think a lot of it is just who I am, who I always have been. I've always been brand obsessed. Like when I was little, I would picture myself in like a yellow suit in a boardroom, like pitching for brands. I didn't know what even that was, but that I was like yellow suit. What I, I don't know why she wore yellow, but yeah. So I, I I always pictured that. And I would also like, I would go through magazines and I would cut out like my favorite brands. A lot of it was Target usually, like Target in the 2000s, right? Like what's better than that? I would cut out all their ads and like collage them because I was just like obsessed with branding and ads, like even as like a child, which is odd now that I think about it. So, so that was just kind of natural who I was. And if you kind of think of like early Instagram days, we had like this marble aesthetic that was happening. Everything was like, you remember it was very clean and like minimalistic. And Mm -hmm. I was like, wait, wait, this is not me. Why am I trying to be like this other person? I was unhappy because I was spending all my time trying to like brand myself of what I thought a blogger at the time was. So then I was like, okay, screw that. I'm just going to do what I want, what's true to me. And that's when I first started seeing growth. And because if you're doing it inauthentically, I think we always can tell, you know, even though I thought I was doing a good job of checking all the boxes, it wasn't resonating until I started doing the thing that was true to me. So I did build a brand, but I mostly just built it around all the weird and like things that made me different. And I turned those into my superpower. There were things along the way, like I think when I first started out, I called it like Courtney's closet or something very original like that. And then decided I wanted it to be Color Me Courtney on a whim. Truly, I had had some other names picked out. And I pulled my audience. I've always been really inclusive about like asking my audience for things. But I was like, what are these three other names should I pick? They picked one. I was like, okay, we're going to change it tomorrow. I went to buy the domain name. Someone online had seen what I was going to change it to. They had bought it. (laughs) Yes, I didn't know. It was my first experience with that. I was like, oh, no. People are crazy. Pick a new name. Yeah, I was I was like shook. I was like, I have to pick a new name right now. And so then I picked Color Me Courtney on a whim. So I think some of the branding stuff just came from that. And then because I was weird and like had this own path, I was like, well, now I have to find a way to stand out, to build those things really strong. And the the branding aspect is stuff that's always been like exciting to me. But now there's so many tools that make it so much easier to brand around. So you don't have to start from scratch and figure it out like me and like figure out like the bad ways along the way. Like, you know, you can use things like Adobe Express to build everything and kind of create a really core brand. So if you don't have that natural sense of it, you can kind of fake it and just continue to fake it. And eventually it will click and you'll you'll understand what works for you. I also think 
talking to your audience is something that's always worked for me, except for that one time where, where someone's <laughs> my domain. Savage. But for the most part, it's always worked for me. So, you know, I think talking to your audience about what your brand is, they'll listen and then they'll continue to build that brand around you. Okay. So I love that you brought up Adobe Express because yeah. dramatically changed everything I ever did for my entire business. Like, oh, I love it. So I remember when I first launched my podcast, and by the way, for everybody listening, like biggest creator hack is using Adobe Express, truly. Because when I launched my podcast, I I think I went into it as a journalist. I was like, okay, I'm going to do interviews and I'm going to share them on Instagram. And I never realized how much of the promo and how much really went into it about, you know, what I needed to share with my audience and how I could share things in different ways not just the standard, like, okay, here's a new episode. Let's call it a day. And I'm not a graphic designer, like at all, at all, at all. Like my graphic design skills are terrible. So I started using Adobe Express recently and the amount of like templates, things I can customize, like it's so easy beyond. Especially for someone, again, who is not a graphic designer, you can remove backgrounds, animate text, the best part, you can add all of your branding color schemes to it too. So it's just, you don't have to like keep adding colors or adding your fonts back again. And it's so easy all with the tap of a finger. It's become such a game changer for me and my business. Yeah. Well, I also think it's for, so yeah, it works for the person who's like, I'm not a graphic designer. Let me like almost outsource this without giving up control. For me, I'm the opposite. I have a thousand million ideas. And so I'm like sitting here like, all over the place. And so I need like one place to bring them all together. Or like, for instance, I was making a graphic for my second account that was like mermaid theme. So I sat there and I made like 10 graphics. I spent like three hours on it. And I was like, let me just go to Adobe Express and type in mermaid. And there were so many great options. And I was like, oh, I'll just use this. That's so much better than the like me second guessing myself or being like, what about this idea? What about this idea? Like it just helped me streamline it, get it done that I could like move on with my life. So I think it really just helps. Like if if you are the out of control creative, if you are the person who's like, I'm not a graphic designer, I'm never going to be a graphic designer. Like no matter what kind of position you are, there's a different way that you can use Adobe Express to make it work for you. I love what you just said about going in there, searching for something and finding like the, the thousands of different inspirations you can find from yeah. it. Because I think that's the other thing that it's really easy to get caught up in this like one idea and one vision that we have for ourselves as creators online and get stuck kind of in that branding hole. And I would say that using that platform has helped me really understand my branding a lot more and like the different kind of avenues and lanes I can use and find within it. It's fascinating to me how when you and I first started, the creator world like was very wild, wild west. And there are so many tools now that are dedicated to helping brand it's ourselves so in such a smart way. Yeah, it's it's really kind of like shortening those barriers to entry and Absolutely. making it easier for more creators to do it, which is exciting because I think that we get more point of views because sometimes, sadly, like you said, you're a journalist, you can create the best content, but you have like a second to capture people's attention now because there are so many of us and the attention spans are so short. So you have to be able to speak first with, your brand or with like your graphic to get the attention. And then, yeah, the con- in the end, content wins and you have to be a good storyteller to retain attention or to be successful on multiple platforms. 
but you sometimes only have one moment to like make a first impression. So using those tools like Adobe Express or can really just help you make the right first impression. I also think something that I like was a tough journey for me to learn along the way was outsourcing the things that you're not good at so that you can spend the time doing the things that you are good at. And graphics and visuals and all of that is something I'm so not good at. So being able to like outsource it for free pretty much is just such a game changer for me on a daily basis. I really was interested in what you were just saying about how you capture your audience knowing that they have a short attention span. What are your, what are some of your go-to tips and tricks for engaging with your audience? Yeah. So I, a lot of times I'm an over talker, over sharer. Most of the content I end up putting out is a way, way shortened version of what I started with. And it's like, there's a lot of stuff that like leaves on the edit room floor. So I often think like, you know, my audience only has limited time. How am I just going to give them what they need and like cut out all the junk? But because I'm who I am, I'll often waste a lot of time. I I wouldn't say waste. I'll often spend a lot of time creating all the middle stuff that I end up cutting out. So if I'm writing a script, it usually starts as like a full like paragraph essay, three paragraph essay, just to get down to like a short little bit. So it's kind of like working around what I'm not to get to what I want to give again. And just finding ways to like shorten it, shorten it. How can I say this quicker, faster to the point? How will I catch someone's attention right away? Also, then if you're trying to grow or go viral in a post, kind of taking you out of the equation, which I think could be hard to do as a creator and thinking about like the person on the other side of the phone doesn't care about me. How do I get them to watch the video and then hopefully care later on? So making it more about them. I try to use the word you as much as possible. So I'll go through and be like, okay, like instead of like, my favorite tips, like you need these tips, just like small things like that to make it more about the person on the other side of the screen and less about me because it's already about me, right? I'm already there doing whatever I'm doing. How can I make the person on the other side of the screen feel like they're a part of it instead of me just like performing and us making it more like we're having a conversation? Ooh, I love that tip. Just (laughs) Because I think something that we see a lot on social media right now is If you're going to create content, how do you create content that adds value to people's lives? And I feel like I see that a lot in kind of the reels TikTok space is like create, you know, savable content that adds value. And I think it's really easy for us to say, you know, here are my best tips, but reframing it to actually have someone feel that impact of these are the things you need. Yeah, I think is really interesting. I think saying these are my best tips works if your audience knows and trusts you. Right. But if you're trying to grow an audience, if they don't know you yet, why do I want to know your tips instead of like the next person's tip? Like, whoa, why? You know, you're right. But you're right. if you said you, we're all kind of, you know, selfish, egotistical beings. Right. So when someone's like, you need to know this, I'm like, I guess I do. You told me I need to know it. But if they're like, let me tell you, I'm like, mm, I don't know, girl, I'm going to go to the next one. <laughs> I mean, you have really built that rapport with your audience. I see the way that people engage with your content and your community is so strong and I'm sure you're really proud of that. I would love to hear a little bit about what went into building that really, really incredible and admirable admirable connection that you have with your audience. Yeah. So I I say a lot. Well, I, I wouldn't say a lot. I say a little bit that likes are like applause. Hopefully you would want to 
do whatever you're doing on social media if there was no applause, right? Like I dance on the stage even if there was no one there, but it is nice when someone gives you the feedback like we liked it or we didn't like it, go to the next dance number. So I'm very, very thankful that I have an audience, but also a community. And so some some of the things I post, they reach different kind of audiences, larger audiences, smaller audiences, audiences who maybe are watching because they don't like it. Like that all is part of the gig. But my community is, is, are the people who I have an actual relationship with. Either they take the time to comment, they take the time to send messages. Sometimes they don't want to comment publicly for whatever reason. I I always pretend like the ones who don't want to comment publicly are super spies or something, which is very cool. So I have a lot of super spies who they can't comment publicly because they're spies. They simply cannot. So I, I, I just spend a lot of time kind of fostering that community. I think really, so when I was first, like early, early days of Instagram, my like method of growing is I would look at people who I felt like were similar to me. I would comment on their posts. I would also then read through all the people who were commenting on their posts and try to get an idea of what their audience was resonating with. And I would just do this, you know, like while watching a movie, like while on the subway, whatever, just trying to like learn because I was like, I'm creating content and talking to all these people but I'm really just like alone in my bedroom and that's kind of weird. So how, how do I like bridge that gap? So I was like, let me see what other people are saying about it. And I think that kind of helped set me up for success of learning about my audience and how to like connect with them. And so now when I do things like create collections, like right now I have a planner line that's currently available at Target. Some of my community was like, I don't use a planner, but I bought six planners to support you. And I gave them out for gifts. And I was like, whoa, that's so nice. Dedication, Um, my friend. Yeah, because we have that kind of a relationship. And it's kind of like that same energy and kind of connecting and finding people who are similar to you that way. There's also a lot of people who are very, very different from me, which is very fun. I have a lot of cuties. I call my, my community Color Me Cuties. And so I have a lot of cuties who don't wear color or like I am a black wearer exclusively Courtney. I would never wear color. I would never put on a colorful lip, but I like to watch your posts because they bring energy and color to my day. I don't want to wear it, but I like to enjoy it. So I have a lot of people like that in my community, which is very fun because I get to learn from other people. I do want to kind of leave everyone feeling a little bit brighter. So as long as they were able to take that from my page, the win for me. I want to talk about your style a little bit, especially yeah. hearing that. Yellow. You love yellow. I love yellow. I think I I go through like eras of favorite colors. And I, I think yellow probably has been my favorite color for hmm, maybe the past three years. So I'll probably get like another three years of it. Growing up, I loved orange. That was like my favorite color growing up. Yellow and orange are some of the happiest colors. They I think are. a lot of people are afraid of yellow. That makes it more fun to wear. And then, you know, you anyone can wear yellow, but if you have like brown skin, yellow and brown skin, it's just like a winning combination. So I love yellow. <laughs> did you grow up in a very colorful household? Like, did your parents yeah. wear a lot of color? I always find that like that those influences for me are so prevalent in my style yeah. today. So like true, it was like true beige suburbia. So there wasn't wow. a lot of color, but my house specifically, and my mom to this day 
she wears black. She doesn't wear color. Unreal. She'll wear color me Courtney merch, but she was an interior designer. So we had a lot of color in our home. And I think a lot of exploration in our home, which was really fun. Things like, you know, she's like, I'm going to paint my living room orange today. And so then I'd watch her actually do it and find she'd find things in magazines that she wanted to try from an interior design perspective. And she would just use a lot of times my bedroom as like that. So I think that gave me the opportunity to play that in combination with being a competitive dancer is, you know, we would have our recital at the end of the year, I'd be in like 30 to 40 numbers. So that means 30 to 40 costumes and quick changes and having like that play ability with clothes and stuff like that. And then I've always been obsessed with Halloween. As a kid, I would like wear like nine costumes on Halloween. It was weird. It was fine. I just thought you wanted all the quick changes. No. Yeah. I love it. I love it. You were dedicated. You were dedicated to dressing up. I think it's so important to nurture those things when you're a kid. I I really do. I think it's how you show up in the world later in life because it's what makes you feel. It's what makes you feel good. It brings you back to your roots. It's interesting because there's this thing where like color is so tied to childhood. And then like, especially when I was working more of like a corporate job, like, and I would come in like colorful outfits or like colorful nails and stuff. There would be like comments of like, oh, you're wearing that here. And I was like, are we in a creative industry? And I kind of feel like that's happening right now with like different aesthetics. I feel like all the aesthetics that are trending, mermaid core, ballet core, they're like what you wanted to be as a kid. (laughs) Yes. They're like what we're seeing now. And so I love that we're kind of going to this, like, instead of like, you have to grow up and be adult, you can just actually grow up and be whatever you wanted to be as a kid. That's, that's the coolest thing ever. I want to hear what your best tip of advice is for aspiring creatives. Oh, okay. So I think there's a few. So it's not going to be one. Sorry. But we've got time. (laughs) One is that you, we talked about it. You don't have to start from scratch. Use the existing tools that are available to you and then make them your own. So find your voice in Adobe Express and then use that to kind of create whatever you need to create. This one's kind of controversial. Instead of niching down, layer up. And this is not for everyone. I think there's a lot of conversations about the niche right now. I feel like everyone's just saying niche down, niche down, niche down. And then now there's a new conversation about throw out the niche, throw out the niche. And I'm like, ah, I don't know if it's either one of those. Yeah, if you don't know what your voice is, then but knowing that you have one thing you want to do, like knowing you want to talk about food, but you don't know what your brand is, a good way to start is to just start talking about food and figuring it out. But I also think, and and that's a good way to grow too, but I also think it can sometimes become a cage later on if you're only talking about one thing. So I like to think of it like a pyramid with like the thicker part at the bottom, build a base layer and then continue to grow up from there and add layers on top of it. So for me, my base layer is color. We also do a lot of things about confidence. So if I'm talking about like confidence or why you should feel so cute in a bikini, I'm still doing it in a colorful way, but it's now a new layer and kind of unraveling yourself like that to your audience, but also not doing it all at once. So I guess that would be the third tip. Don't try to be too much to too soon kind of treat it like a date I don't I don't really know what that is like because I've been dating the same human since I was in high school but you know I would assume on a date you don't just tell them everything about you on day one you kind of like 
let it reveal and things like that. So don't tell everything about yourself to your audience on day one, just start to kind of unravel those layers as you continue to layer up and get to know them better. Courtney, I love those tips. They made me smile the whole time. Good. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on the show. This was such a treat. I really, really loved getting to hear more about your journey and the things that you use to make yourself the best creator that you are. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And thanks for following along for so long. I'm so glad. Of course. Been around forever. (laughs) OG fan. We've heard how important it is to build your brand, whether you're an entrepreneur, small business owner, or a leader, influencer, or career-driven superstar, and that means all of you. You can all start creating today, too, with Adobe Express, available on all of your favorite app stores and tips and tricks to get you started on adobe.com backslash express. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Friend of a Friend. Before you go, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at tiermedia.com. And for more behind the scenes of the show, visit us at friendofafriend.us and follow me at Liv Perez on Instagram. Don't forget the two Vs. See you next week. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.